Entrepreneur Podcast with your hosts, Miranda and Razi, a podcast for both new and established estheticians to learn and grow your business. So let's get this shit started. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Estepreneur Podcast. This is your host, Razi, and we are going to talk about something very important in this podcast today, gut health, diet, and acne. And today I have a very special guest, the person who actually is is actually the reason behind why I started the podcast because she really did inspire me. Yes, Tessa, I didn't tell you that, but you were one of the inspirations. So today we have Tessa Zolly, licensed esthetician, acne specialist, and a brand owner who has her own skincare line. She helps so many people out there helping with their acne and rosacea. She's so knowledgeable. And today I wanted to pick her brain. Give me some information, Tessa. So I have her on here. Let's welcome Tessa. Hi, guys. Thank you so, so much for having me. It's a joy to be here. I just love Rozzy so much. And I told you this, but you just make me feel so comfortable. I feel like I'm talking to a friend. And that's you share so much with your audience, too. You inspire me. And that's what I love about our relationship. I feel like Rozzy is one of the most supportive, truly respectful people who wants everyone to win. And that can be rare to find in this industry. So thank you so much for having me, Rozzy. Of course. I mean, Tess, uh, this is like... It's like a dream come true because when I started my podcast, you were the first person I asked, like, Tess, what should I name my podcast? Like, what should I do? Yes. And I really like to have estheticians as friends who are there to support me, who are not like, oh, damn, she's going to be my competition. You were not like that. You were so supportive, honestly, and it, it melts my heart. I'm like... I'm going to support her till the end of the world, like whatever happens. (laughs) There's room for everybody, you know? I agree. Yeah, it's it's a big industry and everybody can bring something different and unique. Mm -hmm. And we have so many people in the world to serve. So yes, I Mm -hmm. I 100% agree with you. You got to actually get to that level of maturation and realize that, you know what, maybe we all can just be a part of a team work together instead of having that competition so I truly appreciate you for doing that and helping me with the podcast and to have you here is like oh my god I'm (laughs) so excited I'm doing it right okay tell me you're doing amazing (laughs) I'm learning just watching you no and don't say that it's true no it is true I think you're a true professional and I just I agree with you and I think it's normal to feel envious sometimes when you see people doing cool things, but I do think it is a little bit of a maturation thing as you get older, like seeing other estheticians do cool things. It makes me want to work harder and it makes me inspired and feel like I need to step up (laughs) what I'm doing. I agree. But tell us a little bit about the skincare launch. You recently had three new products come up and how's that going? Tell a little bit about the product launch and everything. Yeah. So I have a skincare brand. I actually just started with two cleansing products because I felt like there was this gap in the market for double cleansing system that was already created, already established. You didn't have to mix and match random cleansers. And what I noticed with a lot of my clients was that they were double cleansing, doing what they're supposed to do, but a lot of them were reaching for really 
thick balms that can leave a residue on the skin. Not to say all oil cleansing is bad, but with acneic clients, it is something where you really have to be cautious when you're working with these thicker balms. So I wanted to create a system where somebody could easily remove their makeup and sunscreen because I just feel like that's a step we all need to nail. And it's so important. It really sets the stage for the whole routine. So that's really where I started just with seeing that need for my own clients. And like Rosie mentioned, I've recently added three new babies to the family. They're all serums. So that was really my theme. Um, I feel serums are important because they are the smallest molecule in skincare. They really have ability to affect change in the skin. So I wanted to have a product for the eyes, for the face, and for the lips, and really focus on barrier repair, healing, calming inflammation. Um, Again, areas that I think are really important and can be neglected in skincare. That is actually I can't wait to try the serums. I haven't tried it because I have so many other things lined up in my routine. I'm like I can't wait to finish these so I can add those other products and test and see how they're actually doing. Because I absolutely, by the way, cannot live without the undo. I just you're my biggest fan. I swear, I freaking love that product. It is so good. I can have the strongest peel. I can have microneedling. And I can use it and it does not cause any irritation and it melts off the makeup so easily. Yes. And that's since the time I started using Undo, honestly, I stopped using all the other bomb cleansers and oil cleansers that I had. I absolutely love that. Mm. You nailed the formula on that. Like, that is something I'm like, oh my God, I'm now I can't, I'm obsessed now. I can't live with that. That makes me so happy. Yeah, the goal was really to create a product that gave you the satisfaction of that thick, delicious balm that everyone loves, but make it acne safe, make it fragrance-free, make it rinse with no residue, make it dissolve makeup completely without irritating your eyes. So it really is a delicious product. And Rosie, I would send you all the new ones, but Rosie is, she never lets me send anything. She always buys my products directly and supports I have me. So I just I have a different that. belief that if I yeah. buy if I get the product for free, would I actually value it? Same like I would if I buy mm. the product. So my thing is that if I buy the products myself, I would be way more honest with my reviews because I'm spending my money on it. That's why I yeah. stopped actually getting any PR and reviewing PRs because I'm like Maybe I'm just liking them because they're fucking free. I mean, if they're not free, I probably might not be actually saying good things. So, no, so true. And see, that's integrity. And I I really respect that because I've offered and most most people would probably say yes. But to this day, I've actually never done gifted PR. And I've had people in my DMs, you know, saying, I'm obsessed with these products. Can I would you just give me some more for free and I'll create some videos for you? And I don't know, as a brand owner, part of me is like, am I stupid for saying no? Like, obviously this is so huge for brands. You want to create that UGC. But for me, I would just rather grow at a slow rate and have people who genuinely like Rosie are buying the product themselves and still want to scream it from the rooftop. Like to me, that just feels so much more authentic than just sticking something in the mail. 
Yeah, I don't. I think like people also get pretty turned off. It's like a, a whole different topic in mm. itself we can talk about. Yeah. But people yeah. really get turned off when you when they are like showcasing products that they got either gifted or they got like for paid partnership. And I mm-hmm. personally, I'm like the moment I see somebody is like a paid partnership, I'm like I don't know how much you're getting paid and how honest you are about mm. it because yeah. I started feeling that way when I was doing paid partnerships. So this year I have completely changed the whole dynamic of how I do skincare content on social media. No more PR, no more partnerships, nothing. I don't care you could be paying me 20 million fine great money i won't put my name on it because that's just wow. does not aligned with my beliefs anymore so i guess when yeah. you grow older you change mm-hmm. so that's what happened no i think it's actually not only reflects that you're a person of integrity but it's also a smart business strategy long term and I've always felt similar. I'm sure you get a lot of inquiries in your email from different over-the-counter brands, maybe things you don't believe in as much as yeah. the stuff you have in your treatment room. When you know the potential of those products to change people's skin and you've seen you know, people coming to you frustrated, heartbroken, spending so much money on all this stuff they're maybe seeing on TikTok or seeing somebody promote, I think you have a different level of responsibility and just perspective as an esthetician. But long-term, I really do think it's wise to promote what you really love, what you truly see results with, because it cultivates trust. And people look to us as the authority. So we really do have to take, you know, what we recommend seriously. And I've, I've had some criticism, like, why do you only promote the same three brands? And I get that, but I'm just not a blogger or skincare product reviewer. I would rather stick to systems, protocols, clinical data, and what I truly know has the ability to change somebody's yeah. skin because you and I know what it's like to struggle mm-hmm. with acne and it's yeah. it really can take a toll I honestly agree with you on this topic because um this is my my thinking now uh, the way I'm thinking I'm like I'm an acne specialist I'm spending mm-hmm. money in like courses training mm-hmm. CMEs and all of those and I know that these certain products are going to be way more effective and in the acne bootcamp clients can see better results. But if I do a partnership mm-hmm. with a brand, which is an over-the-counter mm-hmm. brand, and I know that the products are going to work temporarily and not going to work on every acne type and I make a content with them and I promote those products, I mean, it's a one-time paid partnership. You know, you get the payment, you make the video, you go your yeah. way. At the end of the day, yep. I'm still going back to my products that I usually spend money on, on Face Reality, Skin Better, or Jan Marie. Yeah. These are the products that we usually spend money on. It's not like we're getting it for free. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I am kind of like clashing with these both two different things that I'm mm-hmm. trying to like be an acne specialist and also like push these other products makes mm-hmm. really no sense because if I'm coming from a place to like help people and really mm-hmm. clear acne then being a content creator to review products and ingredients is definitely just not my forte so I also stepped yeah. back from that yeah yeah I just wouldn't be good at it because I wouldn't I wouldn't want to take the risk personally after all I've gone through to clear my skin, I wouldn't want to mess around. So 
Yeah, I agree. But how is the, after the training of your, uh, the nutrition class that you took, I want to mm-hmm. bring that yeah. on the topic. Yeah. And how did that mm-hmm. go? The things that you learned? Because I'm like, you added another, another specialty under your belt and I want to know how it okay. can impact me. Absolutely. Let's talk about it. So the certification I got, guys, is through NASM, National Academy of Sports Medicine. So going through this program, just to be super clear, there's no emphasis on acne and treating skin really whatsoever. It is a nutrition program. A lot of people go through the certification to become a personal trainer, a health coach, that kind of thing. The reason I wanted to do it, and I think this was one of your questions, Rosie, but you know, as estheticians, we don't necessarily have authority to really deep dive into our clients' nutrition and what what they're eating. We don't have the credibility. Um, and it's not to say we can't ask any questions. I actually think you, you can, but I felt limited in my scope of practice and I'm very interested in nutrition and wellness. So I kind of found myself just wanting to dig deeper into these conversations, but not having the scope of practice and feeling like if I'm interested in this, if it would add to my credibility, I do think it can be a very smart certification for an esthetician who is interested in holistic health. And there are a lot of nutrition schools. You can do online schooling uh, and get your certification. But for me, it was really having just a broader scope of practice and still understanding nutrition as a science. Yeah, I feel like it does play a huge role, especially like what we put in our body Mm -hmm. reflects back on the skin. And Acne is so closely connected with everything that sometimes we eat because what we eat also regulates the hormones and that hormone does affect the skin. So it's kind of like uh, like a yeah. connected web together. So yeah, yes. that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast so you can tell yeah. us about uh, some food triggers that actually does cause acne and how mm. someone who does suffer with acne, how can they actually eliminate those Yeah, that's a really great, great, great question. And I would say when it comes to health, it can be a very personal conversation. There are so many different um, levels and approaches and experiences, I think, that can shape an individual's outlook on food. And so myself working with a client, it's always my goal to to learn about them, have a thorough consultation, and then really try to meet them where they are at. So I know you'd asked about nutrition triggers for acne, which there are many. I would say as far as, you know, some of the more concrete information that we have on acne and nutrition, we know for sure that high glycemic foods, these would be simple carbohydrates. You can think your candy, your pasta, even white rice, maybe cereal, a lot of foods that come from, you know, a package or a box, they're processed foods. Those can tend to be high glycemic foods. And we know that those can affect acne by spiking blood sugar. So that is, I would say, something that I think can be very overlooked in the acne conversation. I think there's a lot of buzz on Instagram, and these triggers are real when we're talking about dairy, 
huge, huge trigger for acne and (laughs) clients can really not enjoy taking dairy out of the diet because it is such a palatable food. It can even become addicting, but we do know dairy has insulin-like growth factors. It can affect hormones. It can increase oil production. It can increase inflammation. For some people, it might have an effect on their digestion, which affects the skin. So that's a big one. And then a lot of the popular things we see on Instagram, which I do agree with, things like eggs, seaweed, Alcohol is actually a big one. It is a toxin. It can be very hard on the body. And uh, that can be something that, you know, is difficult to address with a client. So really it does come down to meeting a person where they are at and not just me giving them this huge list of, you know, everything they need to remove from their diet, especially because I work with a lot of young clients, young women in their 20s. I can't even tell you what I ate in my 20s. It was very different from, you know, my nutrition today. But I, as a coach, to be successful, need to give them a plan that feels reasonable and doable for them to implement in their life. That really is the key to success. And what I found is that people can really build confidence in going through my program or working with a specialist. So we set small goals in the beginning and, you know, we might work up to um, more comprehensive uh, elimination of a lot of these triggers. But I do think it's really important to meet people where they're at to encourage them to kind of develop confidence and feel like it's not this impossible mission. I really want people to enjoy their lives and having acne can feel very isolating in and of itself. So if somebody feels like, okay, I can't drink with my friends on the weekend, I can't order a pizza, no ice cream, no candy, it can feel uh, really discouraging, but my goal is really to make it doable and enjoyable. I really enjoy the way I eat. And if you follow me on Instagram, I know you do, Rosie. A lot of my meals are not, you know, necessarily something that looks like it came out of like a food magazine. I would say they're very enjoyable foods. A lot of times I just call it like, if uh if a 10-year-old was really healthy that's kind of what i eat like they're simple meals i think of myself as more somebody who kind of assembles meals i'm not a chef but i think one of the things that can be very easy about eating a whole foods based diet is that you know it doesn't need to be this whole crazy prepared recipe it can be quite simple yeah I actually do like the foods that you actually post on social media. It sometimes gets me hungry because I'm like, oh, damn, Tess. I was just like fasting. Okay. So I try to like sometimes be like, you know what? I don't have to look at the food all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I you know. Have, you actually have seen you sharing a lot of wellness tips that also has helped me honestly stay on top of my health diet especially like I suffer with endometriosis like I have really bad endometriosis and my triggers are carbs I can't have 
um, carbs. If I have like, for example, sushi, the rice and the sushi like would kill me. It's so not mm-hmm. literally, but it does yeah. like, brings a lot of inflammation. I get such bad bloating. It looks like I'm six months pregnant. And then wow. immediately the day after I start having acne. So what mm. I have noticed is that just noticing that, okay, what triggers the acne? What is my triggers? So those yep. when I do know them that I try to eliminate and yeah, I can't avoid 100% everything, especially if you go on a date or on a vacation. It's not even possible to avoid half the things that we eat. The, we're surrounded by all these kind of food. I mean, the healthy diet the way it used to be back in our ancestors' time. It's not like that anymore. So we have to like kind of find a balance. If I can eliminate all those things throughout my month and once once a month, maybe if I'm going on a date night and I have something, then I won't feel horrible. But if I'm having it on a consistent daily basis, that's what I have realized that creates a lot of inflammation and that has honestly affected my fertility, which I didn't know wow. for a really long time. And as you go mm-hmm. and you grow older, you kind mm-hmm. of realize that, okay, these are the things that are causing these problems. So I mm-hmm. also have the same um, problem with my acne clients because they are like, oh, damn, I just can't stop eating these things. So I'm also right. like trying to tell them, you know, that if you can eliminate, maybe you can have it every now and then. You don't have to have it every day or three times a day. When you have inflammatory food, probably three times a day, that could, who knows what it does to the guts. I mean, you know, it's the gut bacteria is like very picky. It doesn't want everything. There are some specific things that it probably wants. So that really definitely does make sense. Do you suggest Mm -hmm. somebody getting like food sensitivity tests or something? Is that something that would be part of your protocol or anything? Or do you advise someone who does notice like this kind of situation? Do you suggest that? That's a really good question. You know, I do often refer out to a holistic practitioner who does hormone testing as well as food sensitivity testing. And I definitely think there can be a time and place for it. I would say just it can really depend on the client. Oftentimes there are people who really just need to start with the basics. And then there are others who have really ruled out all the possibilities. They're they're doing everything right down to, you know, a science with their meals. And it truly may be a sensitivity that is creating inflammation. And that can be very true. So sometimes it can be beneficial. Uh, to get that kind of testing, or if you are struggling with acne, to consider eliminating some of the top allergens one at a time and see if that helps things improve. Yeah, I I have actually considered getting a um, food sensitivity test just to find out what I would mm-hmm. be at, would be sensitive to. I'm I'm positive it is mainly dairy and. Um, the carbs. Mm. Those are the, my major two yeah. <laughs> triggers. Yeah. Well, I think that's so interesting, but here, here's the other thought I have, Rosie, since you're saying you kind of feel like you know you don't feel that great when you eat those foods. My first instinct is to tell somebody to listen to the data your body is already giving you. Like mm-hmm. if you know that, it yeah. very may very well be the case. So how would you guide somebody as like, for example, if somebody's your client, Mm -hmm. like how would you guide them to like 
eliminate some of the things how to bring those small little changes what is that mm. you did that helped you i know like you yeah. said that in your 20s you were not as yep. eating as healthy as you are now oh my gosh you are now yeah so what kind yep. of like brought that change and how did you did you took like just a 180 degree shift or just like one night okay i'm just gonna go like eat healthy or was it one step yeah. at a time I love that question. I actually never really talk about this very much, I don't think. But so just to give you guys a little bit of background, in high school, I started really struggling with my health. At the time, I was hyperthyroid, which means my thyroid was overactive. I was very underweight and I had a lot of inflammation in my body. I was sick almost every morning I, I would actually get physically sick before going to school. And a lot of it was stress and, you know, personal things going on in my family life. And the other half of it was nutrition. I was the type of person who would have a hot pocket for breakfast, maybe, I don't know, n- like nuggets or something at the school cafeteria, pizza, come home and I loved coming home to MTV and making a big mac and cheese or something like that. And, you know, we would eat healthy here and there, but the culture I grew up with was very much like 90s commercials, Gushers, Doritos, my mom going to Costco and getting, you know, like that yeah. big multi-pack of chips, that kind of thing. And I just, I didn't have the education on nutrition. So for me, just because I was so sick, I started to work with doctors and get a little bit more insight as to what was going on. I did need to get on a thyroid medication and that helped in a sense. Um, but the other half of it was really getting real with my nutrition. So I started seeing a holistic health practitioner. This was many years later. I had gone through college. I was actually a big <laughs> social drinker in college, oh, wow. which I actually don't drink at all now. So in a sense, Rosie, yes, it was a bit of a 180. Um, but I do remember working with the holistic health practitioner and it was very much like, okay, all of a sudden you need to change everything. And I think this is why I have a lot of empathy and patience for working with people because I, I will never forget kind of being given a huge list and basically being told I needed to be paleo, whole 30. And, um, I think for somebody who's, in their early 20s, doesn't really know much about nutrition at all, who just all of a sudden feels so restricted. I would feel like when I go went out with my friends for a meal, I would look at the menu and I'd be so confused. I wouldn't really know what to get. And that ended up really kind of isolating me and making it easier to just say like, I don't want to go out. I'm going to stay home so I can stick to this like safe little list. Um, So But, you know, in a sense, I think that experience was valuable. I think I've learned now that generally I do stick to a whole foods diet. Removing alcohol for me was actually really essential for a person with an autoimmune issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, I do have to be very delicate with my health. And 
I have to be careful. And I think, you know, maybe somebody in your position too, Rozzy, with a health condition, mm-hmm. it's a little bit unfair. We don't have the same luxuries as our mm-hmm. friend next to us who can do absolutely, you know, whatever. But when you have health issues, you have to be mindful of your energy, of your sleep, what you're eating. And I think, you know, going through that, it it was just a little bit of a wake up call that, you know, I was different and people can be judgy about those things. They might not understand why do you have to make modifications in your meal? Why can't you just go with the flow? And I think that's something people with health issues can feel a lot. And you can feel guilt and shame like, oh, why do I have to make it difficult? Why can't I just go out with my friends till two in the morning, make plans for the next day, um, just get whatever takeout that's easiest. And just the reality is being healthy in this country, especially is not super easy. It's not super cheap. It is an inconvenience. You really do have to think ahead. And with acne clients, I I do tend to have a little bit of a similar conversation. Like this is not going to be the easiest thing you've ever done. Your friends probably are going to be having a different lifestyle than you. And sometimes it, it can feel unfair, but it really comes down to the goal and, um, you know, what, what really matters to you? I think sometimes we do have to get a bit real about that. And it's an interesting conversation because I do think in today's day and age, there's a lot of emphasis on balance, which I think people can think means, you know, kind of living however you want. There's a lot of conversation about intuitive eating. And I guess I'm somewhere kind of in the middle where, yes, those things it's great to live carefree with your choices, but I don't think there's any harm in educated nutrition choices. I don't think there's anything wrong in having goals. And um, I just think it's important to say that because I think even some of my young clients get confused, like, but if I'm eliminating dairy, I'm restricting myself, is that bad? Um, And I think, again, it just really comes down to the goals. We know scientifically certain things just do affect systems in the body. So sometimes we do have to make choices that would be a sacrifice in the moment for greater good in the long run. Yeah, it's, it's a daily battle, honestly, when it comes to like, when you're trying to actually change your diet, especially if you do have like a condition, a autoimmune disorder, or if you have like an inflammatory chronic illness, like I do, it's, if I, this is the thing, if I don't watch out my diet and I am consuming food that causes inflammation, I am probably going to have extremely painful periods to the point where for a week I would either be admitted at the hospital Mm. or I would be actually sick laying down in bed. I would not be able to work. So Mm. sometimes you have to pick your battles. What is that you really want to do and what it like I'm paying for it now. I'm about to turn 30 this year and I've had like four miscarriages. I cannot get pregnant easily. It is all because of how my diet also played a role. Of course, I have a condition. I mean, anybody who does have a condition, it's even Mm -hmm. harder for them. So leave Mm -hmm. alone the acne, which is like already so affecting 
on your like it's so heavy on your not just on your skin but also on your mental health like how you see yourself it affects that but on top of that having those issues with the diet um me and my husband have actually really looked into this thing that okay we need to make a change like if we don't make a change we most likely would never be able to have a child so that Mm. has triggered us to a point where we're like you know what we need to make those changes and sometimes it can be really hard Mm -hmm. especially like you said if you are going out with your friends and they're eating something Mm -hmm. you do feel that kind of shame and sometimes even if I am around family all Mm -hmm. Afghans we we eat like rice bread that's the main thing with kebabs and that's the main thing sounds delicious it is so (laughs) delicious but it's it's not delicious for my my situation Mm -hmm. so um, yes well one thing I would say Razi you know I really think finding alternatives mm-hmm. it's not the same but I think it can be really helpful and yeah. I do want to make it sort of an exciting time for my client and I also tell them like especially in the beginning of working together we're really gonna kind of baby you like let's think of this as like nurturing you we're giving you all the opportunity to heal it's almost like you're being reborn yeah. <laughs> and we're just like we're giving you some TLC maybe the drinking is on pause for a month the dairy is on pause until we can get things better handled and then mm-hmm. we might be able to find a little threshold where you could enjoy dairy that's very meaningful to you yeah. um, but still just have the understanding it can affect the system and it can affect it really quickly but let's look at the things that you're consuming every day like if you're family is consuming white rice at meals, that's something we need to think about. What's a substitute for Razi so you don't feel excluded from the the family event? Like that's big and that affects your happiness. So maybe it's something as simple as brown rice or Mm -hmm. quinoa or lentils, some sort of complex carb source, which I do find for acne sufferers is more ideal. They these types of carbs are generally more medium mm-hmm. on the glycemic index scale. So they can be in the diet. You don't want to overdo them. What I also find is really helpful is always pairing these carbs with a protein and a fat that can, can make a world of difference. So, and protein is something I really prioritize for for clients and especially women first thing in the morning for hormones, I think is so important. And yeah, so I do think you can enjoy these, these things, um, but possibly thinking them of as more of a little side dish um, and kind of a supplement to the center of the meal, which I really like to be protein, veggies, those kind of things. What are your uh, take about intermittent fasting? Do you think that is something that can help somebody um, with their with their situation? Do you think that's something you would advise? I would say it's not something I feel I know enough about to advise on. And I think the data we've seen has just been really conflicting. Like when intermittent fasting first came out, it was this huge trendy thing And a lot of people hopped on it, including myself. Um, Come to find later, most of the data was really from male studies. Mm -hmm. So we don't know as much when it comes to women. I, from, from what I've learned, 
for women, having breakfast, having coffee with a meal uh, tends to be really important for the hormones and for blood sugar. We want to avoid those crazy spikes. So if we're talking about acne as the main concern, I would actually really encourage somebody to have a good high protein breakfast in the morning, especially if they are consuming caffeine. Um, So I think it can depend. Like if the goal is weight loss, are we talking about diabetes or is the goal acne clearing? Yeah. Yeah. So for, so when it comes to the acne clearing, you do suggest that it would be ideal to basically go with the morning breakfast or whatever that you have, you're suggesting at least have something that does not spike your blood sugar, like you mentioned. Well, I usually, I usually do. I think everything is nuanced. If somebody's Mm -hmm. eating a big dinner at 12 PM, it might not be the worst idea in the world to give your digestive system a break. That is important too. But generally for your average person who's having dinner at six, seven o'clock, I say have a good breakfast in the morning, um, have something that's high protein and that's going to give you energy so you don't feel like, you know, come 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock, you're ravenous. I would rather you have some breakfast in the morning and, you know, it also depends what are you doing that day? Are you going for... Um, a strength training workout? Are you going to go lift weights for an hour in the gym? In that case, you definitely need some kind of complex carb and protein source before and after the workout. Um, Maybe you're just going for a walk. And in that case, you know, maybe you're going for a walk at 8 a.m. Maybe you can wait until you get back. I do think listening to your body is hugely underrated. You're so knowledgeable about everything. I just can sit here and I'll just listen to you for like hours. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not a dietitian. I'm not somebody who's gonna prescribe, you know, your calorie intake. I am not the person who knows the most in the world about nutrition, but I am certified and I do think I have the personal experience a little bit of an educational background to inform it. And I think just within within this niche of skin and nutrition, I think it's something that has really not been fully explored with research to the potential it has. I feel like even in the last five years, we've learned so much about nutrition and acne. We're learning new things like even consuming eggs or consuming caffeine and alcohol. Those can have an effect on acne. 10 years ago, we did not have that conversation at all. So I imagine in 20 years, there's going to be even more information. And I find it just really interesting. Back home in my country, it's like, you got to drink milk because that's what's going to give your bones the strength and that's how you're going to get taller. And now we know that you should not be consuming other animals' milk. Like, that's something that is not effective. But so, yes, science, the more research there's happening, the more information we will learn from that. Um, My next question to you is that I also see that you specialize in rosacea that's another thing that I don't have that much of a knowledge about so I wanted to ask you is there any correlation with what we eat and rosacea as well like or is it just Mm -hmm. I know skin in general gets affected by food but are there any main triggers when it comes to rosacea Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so rosacea is something (laughs) I feel like I'm a good SD because I've had (laughs) 
acne and I've had really severe (laughs) rosacea. And when you're in pain or when you have a hard time, you know, touching your skin or looking at yourself, it's very motivating. Um, With rosacea, I have struggled with neurogenic rosacea, which is a severe form of rosacea that um, it does have a big internal component. There's a lot we don't know fully also about rosacea. There are different theories um, as far as the demodex might, as far as a possible immune connection, even sun trauma affecting rosacea. But when it comes to nutrition, we do know that high histamine foods are foods that can promote rosacea. What I find with this um, is that it's so case by case, whereas I think acne is a little bit more cut and dry. I mean, it it definitely can have its idiosyncrasies when it comes to food sensitivities, things that don't agree with the individual. But with rosacea, I find it's very bio-individual. So when we're talking about high histamine foods, the tricky thing about this one is that it's not just your typical processed foods and dairy. It's a lot of very healthy foods, even foods like avocado, banana, plums, tomatoes, spinach, a lot of amazing whole foods that you would probably want in the diet otherwise. And that I do still think you can have as a person with rosacea. I think it's just about, again, being pretty in tune with your body and possibly even keeping a little food journal as a rosacea sufferer to see if you are noticing any patterns and triggers. Um, uh, From kind of what I've seen with a lot of my clients, it's for some people, it's a one-off, like a really popular breakfast is to have, you know, some sort of banana with maybe avocado toast or a smoothie with these kind of things in it. And I have had clients who've seen responses after having those types of foods. For other people, it's more about the burden and the accumulation of the high histamine foods. I had one client, and this is such a perfect example of how (laughs) health can be very confusing and very nuanced. So we've all heard taking like a shot of vinegar is great for overall health. So she was doing this, but the problem with it is that vinegar is extremely high histamine. So it was actually setting off flares and rashes for her. And she would have never pinpointed it to that because again, you think of it as a healthy habit and she had great intentions, you know, trying to do something for her health, but she did overall have a very healthy diet and a lot of histamines in the diet. So it was kind of just my my um, conclusion, doing the daily vinegar shots, in addition to this other thing, which might surprise some of you, taking a very popular probiotic that happens to be high histamine was also, I think, part of the equation. So uh, yeah, she was doing all these great things, but for her unique body, it was actually creating a lot of inflammation, rashes, and redness. Wow. So my husband is... um working on his um, certification for functional medicine and he because of our whole situation he it got him excited that you know what maybe I need to get rid of the conventional side and just just go for the functional and he was bringing the same point and he loves to just like learn about these things and 
eat my ears out and just tell me what's going on, what he learned. Uh, and oh, he I'd love to talk his ear out too. Oh, yeah. He talked about histamine and he did mention how the foods mm-hmm. that are high in histamine, kimchi, uh, yes. kombucha, that are actually yes. known to be probiotics and effective right. for your gut health can have a very bad side effect in a mm-hmm. different way. And if you have that sensitivity and your body is prone to having inflammation due to histamine, mm-hmm. he did mention that it also can cause infertility. And oh I was goodness. I was just like listening to wow. him. I was like, what? So we take wow. the kimchi, kombucha, and like all the foods that are high in histamine if you don't know if you are Mm -hmm. sensitive to high histamine you sometimes Mm -hmm. end up having other conditions that usually in conventional medicine it's so different they don't treat the the root cause it's all about the symptoms if you are having like for example heartburn let give you let's just give you a heartburn medication and you'll be fine but not realizing mm-hmm. what is actually causing the heartburn why should you even have heartburn in the first place so same mm-hmm. thing with you just explained mm-hmm. about rosacea that sometimes we don't know and the food can yeah. actually be looking so good and healthy and it has good yeah. benefits to it but sometimes it has a, a different effect to the body um, but I think that's yeah. when it comes to like working with a practitioner who does have the knowledge of mm-hmm. diet like yourself uh, so they can guide you and tell you what are those triggers that are happening in your body and how you can eliminate them. It's at the end of the day, we all know nobody's getting rid of acne. There's mm-hmm. just no cure. We just have to yeah. find that that soft spot where we just like have a balanced diet, balanced diet in terms of like diet yes. that is good for you. There's something that your body yes. takes and it might look different. Things that you eat might not be looking like healthy for me. I mean, I might mm-hmm. have other conditions that can interfere. So yeah. this is a great thing that you have done that adding like just a nutrition uh, certification gives you more credibility and scope of practice. Because sometimes I also feel very limited with the, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how much other knowledge do I have, like if I don't have mm-hmm. that certification, if I don't have that proper knowledge and credentials, you just mm-hmm. feel very limited in helping your yeah. clients and you can't advise them. You can't tell them that they have to do this. They have to go to a nutritionist or somebody mm-hmm. else. So sometimes we don't even realize, honestly, how huge of an impact food can actually have. It's huge. I've I've actually had clients who were seeing really great estheticians prior to coming to me and they were even like, I don't know, like I'm passing them on to you. I've tried everything. We've gone to the highest strengths of products. And then I look into the diet and it's like, oh my goodness, well, this is so huge. And I've I've seen significant transformations. And, you know, I am all about my topicals. They're so important, but I've just found for most stubborn acne sufferers, it has to be both the lifestyle and the topicals. You really want to marry the topical process of interrupting what's going on in the follicle, keeping that clear in -hmm. addition to looking at the whole body all of the systems, what prescriptions is somebody taking, what supplements, how is their stress management, how is their sleep, and yeah, what are what are they eating? Um, 
with my certification, oftentimes I'll do something called a 24 hour diet recall, which I always want to make sure the client is willing and, you know, okay with doing for a lot of people, food can be a really sensitive topic. So I always want to make sure that piece is something somebody's willing to address because sometimes they're just not ready. Um, but having having a log of even what somebody ate for an entire day, and we might do a few days to get more of a comprehensive idea of what's going on. But I think people can be surprised when yeah. you're actually taking note of, um, you know, what, what all you consumed. And they might be things that somebody who just comes in for a facial, who's kind of explaining what, what their general diet is like, oftentimes people give you the best version, the version they want to be. And it may just not be the reality. Yeah. And we want to know the reality so that we can make important adjustments. Yeah. You know, I had a client recently and um, she was having, she went through the whole acne boot camp and I had her to come in person and do treatments. Now I do have like the home studio currently only for the clients that I personally know. I do, do let them come in and I get to see them in person. So I ended up um, seeing that her skin was clearing. She went through the acne boot camp. The skin is clearing, but she was having a lot of overproduction of sebum. Um, looking all at all her routine and products and everything, I honestly was not able to find what's what's going on. Turned out that um, she was uh, having milk every morning and a glass warm glass of milk at night. I was like, if you eliminate this, do you think it it's possible? So she was like, no, I can't. This is in our culture or whatever. Like, we got to have it. Okay, I understand that. And I respect that. And if you don't want to eliminate it, it's completely okay. But I also want you to understand that you're actually having overproduction of, like, this inflammation in your body that is that shouldn't even be there. Consuming milk twice a day and, like, a whole glass of it, like, mm. big glass is, like, a lot. If you are adding yeah. a little bit of it in, like, coffee, I would understand that. But if you're having, like, a whole glass of milk that in itself I sometimes I'm like you know maybe let's eliminate that we had to like I had to convince her and she ended up stopping that and switching to almond milk there you go uh, and I bet it doesn't weeks, taste so different no no three weeks in the issue was resolved and I was like this is insane how much we were going wow. to do treatments and we ended wow. up like just eliminating this one thing and it changed the whole mm. game yeah so. Oh my gosh. And, you know, hats off to you because it just goes to show initially there can be some resistance to change habits that are yeah. familiar, but sometimes it doesn't hurt to <laughs> ask twice or ask in a different way or propose an alternative. Yeah. It can be yeah. difficult, you know, sometimes, especially yep. when oh. somebody says that it's <laughs> part of my culture or if I'm doing yeah. this religiously, I'm just like, I don't know yeah. what to say with. If it's a new religion or you're doing it for religious purpose or cultural purposes, sometimes I don't know what to say. So it's mm -hmm. really, really hard. I mean, it, it sometimes puts me to a position where I have to tell them that, hey, listen, I understand. I have been there. I have had to make the changes. So at some mm -hmm. point they do, do get it. But at the end of the day, still, like, it's not an easy task. You know it. I mean, sometimes clients don't even disclose what they're actually doing. Right. If you right. ask them, it's like, it's not I disclosed. I totally agree with you, Rosie. And I can think of 
a similar situation. And again, I empathize um, in working with clients that are in their, especially early 20s. I don't know if I would have been successful in an acne boot camp. I really don't know. But I think it does come down to, okay, what's the client's expectation? Because if you continually tell me you're frustrated with hormonal breakout, I have to remind you that internally what's going on in the foods that we put in your body, the alcohol, the stress levels, they're all things that affect it. And I say, you know, I wish I could wave a magic wand. I really wish it was so simple. Um, but this is what it's going to take if you want to achieve the result in this way. I would I would rather put it on the table and have the client decide for themselves. And maybe it doesn't happen in the first meeting. They might keep running into acne for months and months. And I think it's human nature to try to see like, how far can I push this? What can I get away with <laughs> if I'm using great products. A lot of people want to just believe in that mm -hmm. and see how far they can get. Generally, they run into disappointment. They're not as happy as they want to be. And it's okay if it takes them some time to get there. I think just as the provider, you kind of need to cover <laughs> your bases and let people know these are things that are going to promote acne. Again, I wish I had a workaround, but it's just the way our body works. Yeah. Um, if you have the expectation for it to be gone over, overnight with no lifestyle changes, perhaps medication would be a better route for that person. Yeah. Yeah, it could be, but definitely not a, not a fix. They would still need us. Trust me. No, of <laughs> yeah, course. Thing. Uh, Tess, you shared so much valuable information. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for actually coming over and sharing so much like seriously today was like a whole nutrition class for me too <laughs> and I hope Aww. other estheticians who are listening can uh, can learn from you um, I really want to have you back in the future since it is a business podcast uh, you are an you're a badass esthetician and a badass Ooh. business owner. So I feel oh. like you have so much to share the, the way you have run your social media business. And along with that, the skincare line, I, I, I feel like you are a huge inspiration. So I, I would mm -hmm. love to have you once one more time and maybe in the future, if you are okay, I know you have. a lot Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like I could sit here for how long has it been? I don't know. This has flown by. I would love to come back. I would, absolutely do it thank you so so much for having me rosie thank you so much uh viewers and listeners thank you so much for being with us here and uh, you guys can find all the information on how to find tessa in the description of the podcast she's very well known honestly she doesn't even need me to actually add her social media or anything you probably already know her i would be bringing her back soon um maybe in like a couple of weeks we'll plan something else i hope you guys listen to the podcast share it with your friends family whoever loves to listen about uh, and talk about skincare we'll be back with another episode till next time keep glowing keep growing bye bye <laughs>